the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When are we believers going to just trust the Lord for our future? If a God this accurate, this detailed, this precise can engineer this donkey ride on the 173,880th day after the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem, don't you think he can handle your tomorrow? When you study prophecy, it's obvious that God is in the details of everything, including your life today. Today on Connect with Skip Heitzig, Skip continues to dive into the intricate prophecies surrounding Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem, strengthening your faith in God's plan for you. But before we begin, Skip wants to invite you to study the words of Jesus in the very places he spoke them. We're taking another tour to Israel in 2020. I'm so excited. I've been to Israel a number of times over the years, as you know, and I can honestly say that visiting the places where Jesus preached and performed miracles Well, it never gets old. I hope you'll join Lenya and me. It's going to be a trip of a lifetime, guaranteed. Find out more at inspirationcruises.com slash C-A-B-Q. That's inspirationcruises.com slash C-A-B-Q. I hope to see you in Israel. Thank you, Skip. Now we also want to tell you about a great resource that will help you cultivate your prayer life. We have all learned the brutal truth. We are what we eat. Well, the same is true about your spiritual life. Your character becomes what you feed your soul. Listen to this from Lenya Heitzig. A healthy soul does need a balanced diet and regular stretching, just like your body does. That's why I've written the Quiet Time Journal. It includes a daily Bible reading plan, weekly prayer focus, a monthly meditation, and space for you to journal your plans. I hope you'll get a Quiet Time Journal and ramp up to a new you in 2020. So what's on your menu? Is your spiritual diet random and sporadic? Well, we want to put something in your hands to create order. It's a quiet time journal from Lenya Heitzig that has a daily Bible reading plan, a weekly prayer focus, a monthly meditation, plus space for you to journal your prayers. We'll send you a copy of the Sheology Quiet Time Prayer Journal by Lenya Heitzig as thanks for your gift today of $35. Call now to request your copy when you give. 800-922-1888. Or you can give online securely at connectwithskip.com slash offer. Now, we're in Luke chapter 19, as Skip Isaac gets into today's message. Verse 39, some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples, they shouted. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Now, why do you think the Pharisees were shouting that the disciples should be quiet? It's because they knew what this overture of sitting on the donkey was all about. They knew Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. They knew the prediction of the Messiah coming on a donkey. They knew Psalm 118, the Hosanna Psalm. And they know that this crowd thinks that man on the donkey is the Messiah, which he was. 
But they didn't. So they said, tell them to be quiet. Which brings up something else. One of the reasons that Jesus presents himself in the manner in which he does at this time, this this overture, this overt demonstration that he is their Messiah, their king, is to force the Jewish leaders to act. To force them to have some response. And here's why. We're told in Matthew 26 that the Jewish leaders wanted to arrest Jesus, but they wanted to wait till after the Passover. Once the Passover's done, once the crowds leave, things die down around here, then we'll arrest him, lay hold of him, try him, and get rid of him. But let's wait till after the Passover. But that was not God's plan. God's plan is that his son, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, would die on Passover. Because Jesus is the fulfillment of the Passover, so just as the Lamb is presented on the 10th of Nisan, Jesus, the Lamb of God, is presented to the city on that date. And just as Passover takes place a few days later, Jesus will die on the Passover. So it is, again, precise timing. But I love verse 40. It's one of my favorites in the Bible. But he answered and said to them, this is Jesus' response, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Listen to it in the Phillips translation of the New Testament. The very stones in the road would burst out cheering. Now, if Jesus would have told them to hold their peace, hey, disciples, be quiet. It would have literally been the first rock concert in history. (laughs) You knew that was coming. Whenever we take tours to Israel, we always stand on the Mount of Olives. One of the commanding views is to bring our group to the Mount of Olives, overlooking the city of Jerusalem. It's a breathtaking view, right? It's amazing. So you see that and you go, wow. And I always like to say, okay, um, guys, one of the best souvenirs that you could take home is right under your feet. Bend down and pick up a rock, a stone. Take it home and tell people this is a stone from the Mount of Olives. Take that stone, put it on your desk or table or somewhere in your house prominently. And when people say, what's with this rock here? That's when you can say, this is one of those stones that didn't cry out. And they're going to look at you and go, huh, what? And you'll be able to give a witness to them and tell them this story. And it's free. You don't have to pay for it like you have to pay for a menorah in the city of Jerusalem. Just pick up a rock and take it home. Now, a word about this crowd. This crowd that is celebrating the Lord Jesus, saying, Hosanna in the highest. When we read through this at first blush, we think, now that would be an exciting worship service to be a part of. They're singing in a loud voice. They're singing the scriptures. Jesus is right there. What an electric crowd. What an ecstatic crowd. What a frantic crowd. However, in a few days, some of those very people will be part of the crowd that will shout out, crucify him. Crucify him. Because not everybody in that crowd on this Mount of Olives is a true disciple of Jesus. 
Oh, they're following him now. They're crying out for deliverance. They're bringing out the palm leaves because they want him to be their physical deliverer. But when they discover he is not going to do what Judas Maccabeus did, but that he's going to die for their sins, they just get rid of him. Here's the principle. God is not seeking for ecstatic worshipers or frantic worshipers or frenetic worshipers, but authentic worshipers. Jesus said the Father is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. You're in it all the way, in good times or bad times. A true disciple is one who worships at all times. Charles Spurgeon put it this way, I believe a large majority of churchgoers are merely unthinking, slumbering worshipers of an unknown God. A large majority of churchgoers are unthinking, slumbering worshipers of an unknown God. Don't let that be true in your case. So the presentation, he comes into Jerusalem on a donkey. The celebration, everybody's all excited, Hosanna. The consternation of the Pharisees, the leaders. It leads to the fourth phase of this story, and that is Jesus himself will speak, but his is a lamentation. Verse 41, now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. What a contrast. The crowd is rejoicing, while Jesus is weeping. The crowd is singing. Jesus is sobbing. And when it says that he wept over it, saying in verse 42, the word is clio, which means to cry loudly or to lament loudly. One translation puts it, he burst into tears, weeping audibly over it. Now, you know, this is only the second time we find Jesus weeping in public. The first was at the grave of Lazarus. Shortest verse in the New Testament, Jesus wept. Second time is here. The first time he wept privately, this second time he weeps loudly, publicly, audibly. Why is he weeping? Two reasons. He looks around and he looks ahead. He looks around And there is spiritual blindness all around him. He looks ahead and he sees what's coming to that city in a few short years. In 70 AD, the Romans will surround the city. And after 143 straight days of a Roman siege, they will leave 600,000 people dead in the streets and the temple destroyed, the city destroyed. Jesus sees that. He knows that. He sees their blindness. He looks into the future, and he begins to weep. He says, if you would have only known. And notice why the weeping. The end of verse 44, because, here's the reason for it all, because you did not know the time of your visitation. What does that mean? You didn't know the time of your visitation. It's 
as though he is holding them accountable as a nation for knowing this day, this time, this visitation. In my Bible, in my margin, I have a a note next to this verse that says Daniel 9, verses 24 through 26. In other words, uh, the, the writers, the compilers of the Bible want me at this point to turn back to Daniel 9. Because there's something in Daniel 9 that will explain what Jesus said in verse 44 of Luke 19. And if you know your Bible, and some of you know it well, you know that Daniel chapter 9 gives us the very countdown of the coming of the Messiah. So you may want to turn to Daniel 9 just now, or if not, I'll just read it to you. This is the prophet Daniel in captivity in Babylon when an angel comes and tells him the future. The angel's name is Gabriel. And he says in verse 24 to Daniel these words, Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for the holy city. Do you know this text of scripture in Daniel 9? Have you read it before? Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublesome times. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. Now stop right there. A couple of important things about that prediction, about that prophecy. Number one, it concerns the Jews. 70 weeks are determined for your people, Daniel was Jewish, and for your holy city, that's the city of Jerusalem. The second thing to make a note of, it's a set period of time. Now, at this point, if you have not paid attention at all to this message, and I hope you have, I really need you to zero in on the next portion. Because it is a set period of time. Seventy weeks are determined. The word determined means set aside or divided or cut off from. In other words, out of all of Jewish history, God has marked a specific period of time to accomplish these purposes. So what is the time? 70 70 weeks. 70 weeks. Literally 70 sevens. It says 70 weeks, but the Hebrew is Shebuim Shebim, or 70 sevens. It could be seven days, it could be seven weeks, it could be seven years. But it's seven sets, 70 sets of seven. Now we here in the West, we think in terms of ten decades. We talk about what happened in the 60s or the 70s, or can you believe my hair in the 80s? And we think of in terms of of decades. In Jewish thought, they thought in terms of sevens, not tens. Seven is very prominent in the Bible. And so you work for six days. On the seventh day, you rest. That's the Sabbath. They would work the land, plow the land for six years. On the seventh year, a week of years, they would then rest. 
Now, according to some of the Jewish commentaries I consulted, also according to the Mishnah, remember the Mishnah in previous studies? That redacted oral law that was codified, written down. Also, the Revised Standard Version of the Bible and others will translate by saying 70 weeks of years are determined for your people and for the city. 70 weeks of years or 490 years. Okay, still with me? When Daniel was, in in chapter 9 of Daniel, Daniel has been reading the prophet Jeremiah. And in reading the prophet Jeremiah, he understands that Jeremiah predicted that they would be in captivity for 70 years. And he realizes 70 years is almost over. We're going back home soon. He also realizes that the 70 years in Babylonian captivity was due to 490 years of disobedience by the Jewish nation. That's found in 2 Chronicles 36. God says, you didn't keep the Sabbath year, letting the land rest every seventh year. For 490 years, I'm now taking 70 years out of you by removing you from the land for 70 years to give the land 70 years of rest. So the 70 was because of 490 years of disobedience. So the angel Gabriel comes and says, Daniel, I know that you're thinking about 490 years of disobedience and 70 years of captivity. Let me tell you about another set of 490 years divided out of all of history where God is going to accomplish these purposes. Okay, what is the starting point? The starting point is in Daniel 9, verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince. That's the starting point. A commandment to restore and build Jerusalem. Okay, I'm going to throw a verse up on the screen. And it is Daniel 9, verse 25, in the New Century Version, because it it makes it easy to understand. Let's read it. Learn and understand these things. A command will come to rebuild Jerusalem. The time from this command until the appointed leader comes will be 49 years and 434 years, a combined total of 483 years. Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and a trench filled with water around it, but it will be built in times of trouble. After the 434 years, the appointed leader will be killed. Simply put, there's going to be a commandment at some point to restore and build the city of Jerusalem that lay in ruins at the time Daniel got this vision. From that commandment, you can count 483 years into the future, and the Messiah will show up. Now, if you're a history buff, you know that there were four different edicts to restore and build Jerusalem, but only one that fits the details of this text. It's found, by the way, in Nehemiah chapter 2, and it was given by Artaxerxes Longimanus on March 14th, 445 B.C., It's attested to by Encyclopedia Britannica and others. March 14th, 445 B.C., Artaxerxes Longimanus gave the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem with its walls and its streets specifically. And guess how long it took to do that? 49 years. Seven sevens were fulfilled. 
So it means that from the day that commandment was given, March 14th, 445 BC, you count 483 years and you should arrive at the time of Messiah. This so intrigued the head of Scotland Yard's criminal investigation at one time called Sir Robert Anderson, that he decided to compute this. And he took the 483 years and he put it into days. 483 years in days is 176,880 days. So he began on March 14th, 445 BC and counted 173,880 days and came to a very interesting day in history, April 6, 32 AD, the 10th of Nisan, the time Jesus stood on the Mount of Olives and said, boys, bring me that donkey. I'm going on a donkey ride. Now we understand what he meant when he wept and he said, because you did not know the time of your visitation. He showed up on the exact day as predicted by Daniel the prophet 483 years after the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem. Oh, and by the way, Daniel also said after that, Messiah will be cut off, right? But not for himself. The word cut off, karat in Hebrew, means to get killed by the, because of the death penalty, to, be, to, be, uh, to have your life ended because of the death penalty. So, There's two things I want to ask you. Number one, it's a question I've asked you through this whole series. (sighs) When are we believers going to just trust the Lord for our future? If a God this accurate, this detailed, this precise can engineer this donkey ride on the 173,880th day after the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem, don't you think he can handle your tomorrow? So, listen. Yes, thank you, Lord. All of the promises that God made that he has already kept is the track record that lets us know all the promises he makes to me today he's going to keep in the future. The second question is simple. How will you respond in your day of opportunity, your day of visitation? Will you be like the fickle crowd? I trust him one day, but not the next. Will you be like the Pharisees? Stop, I've had enough. Or will you be like the donkey? Go, the donkey? Yeah, you know the donkey's the most compliant one in the entire story. You know, it's, it's not what donkeys usually do. You don't take an unridden donkey and sit on it and expect it to go any place. That was a miracle in and of itself. In this story, the donkey is the compliant one. There was a preacher who went to his church campus on a Monday morning to find a dead donkey. So he immediately called the police department and said, I've got a dead donkey on the premises of my church. You guys got to do something. Well, there was no evidence of foul play. So the police said, "Uh, don't call us. You need to call the health department. So preacher called the health department. Health department said, it doesn't sound like it's a real um, health risk. You need to call the sanitation department to have the donkey removed. So preacher calls the sanitation department. Sanitation department says, well, um, you need to call the mayor of the city because we can't move a dead carcass unless the mayor gives authorization. So the preacher knew the mayor and knew the mayor was obstinate, stubborn, kind of a nasty guy, but he called him anyway and said, 
Mr. Mayor, I need authorization for the sanitation department to pick up this dead donkey. And the mayor just laid into him. What are you calling me for? It's not my responsibility. You're the preacher. It's your job to bury the dead. After a long pause, the preacher said, You're right, Mr. Mayor. It is my responsibility to bury the dead, but I always like to notify the next of kin first. (laughs) Don't be like that mayor who acted like most donkeys act. Be like the one in this story who's, Lord, I'm yours wherever, however you want me to move and go. I'm in. That wraps up Skip Heitzig's message, The Visitation, from his series Against All Odds. Now, here's Skip to share how you can help keep this broadcast going strong, connecting more people like you to God's truths. You know, we face a lot of uncertainty in the future, right? But there's one thing that's certain and stands forever. That's God and His Word. We love to come alongside believers around the world and encourage them to hold fast to the truths of the Bible. And today, you can help connect people with the unchanging, steadfast truth of God's Word. Here's how. Give us a call at 800-922-1888 to give a gift today. 800-922-1888. Or visit connectwithskip.com slash donate. That's connectwithskip.com slash donate. Your generosity will help keep this biblical encouragement coming your way and help change lives. Before we close, we want to invite you to check out the Skip Heitzig app on Apple TV. You'll find a treasure trove of Skip's teachings, over 3,000 messages to choose from, so you're sure to find biblical truth to help you grow in your faith. You'll find more information on the broadcast page at connectwithskip.com. Be sure to tune in again next week as Skip Heisig shares about how Jesus fully anticipated his betrayal and he went through it for you. Make a connection. Make a connection at the foot of the cross. with Skip Heitzig is a presentation of Connection Communications, connecting you to God's never-changing truth in ever-changing times.